The Wheelie Music Festival, 1971. It was August. Somehow I had cajoled my mother to cut darts into my jeans to make them really, really flared. I painted the darts and looked kind of real hippie. I was 18, a rather young 18. Robert, a year younger than I, was staying over and he was coming to the August Bank Holiday Music Festival at Wheelie with me. The Sudbury crowd of Harry's from the Oak were going, so it was a must. Most importantly, the venue was a few miles from Colchester, so just 30 miles away from me. I packed a small tent, and Mum lent me a couple of small saucepans to cook our breakfast rations on. Robert and I made our way to Wheelie via bus and train rides. The local Rotary Club had organised the event, imagining 5,000 would turn up. By Saturday evening, 150,000 crammed in and it was declared a free festival. But I ran ahead of myself. Two weeks prior to the festival, I'd met a girl at an incredibly snooty party in the sticks. There were two parties in one. There was the party in the big house and there was the party by the pool, by the tennis courts and in the meadow. Everyone was ya this and ya that, apart from one girl, whose rather demeaning nickname was Chaff. She was the party's antidote. She was sort of forthright and, um, in the best sense of the word, she was common. Nothing transpired at the party except we'd agreed to meet up at Wheelie. However, I was still quite shy and didn't meet up as arranged. Guilt found me looking around the whole place, but no chaff. We quickly put the tent up near others from Sudbury, then made our way into the arenas they were setting up. The large tent area was dotted with pails. The toilets were beyond disgusting, with simply a, a metal rail over a deep ditch, over which one was meant to perch. Most of us headed for the woods with spades. I took my rucksack into the arena in fear of theft. Kitchen utensils, my mother's saucepans, and food mostly. We found a spot in the arena near Pete and Steve. We had a few tins and the event began, non-stop music, for 48 hours. Hack and Sack were on first and set the mood. Much of the weekend is hazy now. I can remember getting two hours sleep after 2am on the first night. I woke to the groundhogs. There was a hint of dawn coming into view. I now had little room. People had been coming in all night. I looked up to see the seething mass slowly rising as the hogs boomed out and the smell of dope merged with the gagging aroma of human feces. A little later, Robert and I thought about leaving the arena to cook up a big breakfast. I pulled the sausages and bacon out of my bag. All had turned green overnight. Worse, my mother's saucepans, which I'd tied to my rucksack, had gone. Then, at a little distance away, I noticed flat aluminium or tin objects being skimmed through the air to 
to the delight of the crowd, my mother's flattened saucepan. Among the stalls which had set up was a veg- vegetarian cafe, giving away free meals composed largely of chickpeas and rice. We queued. These were delicious breakfasts indeed. We wandered around, the straw city growing more and more around us. Not that far from our tent, we saw bales and tents on fire. Out of the smoke we saw a group of hell's angels terrorising stallholders and anyone else who got in their way. We stood like choir boys as they passed by. Phew! We'd escaped their wrath. The angels wanted to run the festival according to their rules. Later, there was one almighty violent fight between the Hells Angels on one side and the stallholders and organisers on the other. The Hells Angels left with their tails between the legs and a joyful calm descended over the straw city. The line-up of musicians was eclectic, to say the least, from Mungo, Jerry and Julie Felix on the one hand to King Crimson and Van de Graaff Generator on the other. My favourites were Rory Gallagher, Barclay James Harvest and the Edgar Broughton Band. Quintessence suffered a few can attacks as their one ever-extending track was their entire performance. By the Sunday, fans had grown quite restless, and when T-Rex came on stage to do an eclectic electric pop set, it rained cans on them. Mark Boland realised he'd have to change tack and came back as a heavy, in-the-groove rock guitarist. Of course, there was a lot of drug-taking, mostly cannabis in those days. However, I was a bit sickened when a girl who looked like she was 12 wandered around with a placard, We Need Acid, a rather less than subtle way of scoring a tab or two. Robert and I were getting a little jaundiced with it all. The continuous music began to merge into a wall of sound, and, given the odd shower, The darts I'd painted in my hippie jeans had run. There was little left to gather up and we were out hitching home before Sunday evening. We got a lift out of Wheelie quite quickly and on the side of the road hitching in front of us I'm sure I saw Chaff with two guys hitching as we passed. My guilt evaporated. And my short-lived hippie days were kind of over. This wasn't Woodstock. There was no underlying political intent and there was no restlessness of spirit I could hitch my wagon to. Though I enjoyed some of the music and being with people I liked, I came away a bit flat, like my mother's saucepans. <laughs>